You're listening to the Embrace Running Podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Elena, and this is episode number 218 for March 13th, 2017. Welcome back to continuing the conversation about running. The plan for today. Let's see, what do we got today? We're going to talk about some running news, some stories that have kind of caught our attention over the last couple weeks here. Um, We are going to talk about a running film that we just saw Mm -hmm. um, that everybody should see. And you're going to do a little bit of a mini... I guess we're calling it a mini race recap. Sure. From uh, a race that you did. So that'll be at the end and then we'll finish it off, I guess, the very, very end with some feedback. So that's the plan. Uh, let's let's kick it off with kind of catching up with what's going on with us. Um, I know you're concentrating on getting ready for AR50. Yep. Which is... Three weeks away. Right around the corner. Ah. Uh, can almost see it, you know? No. Peeking out I around the corner. It. I think so. Nope. So, so I'm, yeah. under, I'm under the covers and don't see it. <laughs> you might you might end up trying to hide out. <laughs> I'm or in something denial. Like All right, so so yeah, what's going on with you? How's training going? So I'm training for this thing called Air 50. Right. Yeah. So just been trying to get you know mileage in, build my endurance. Um, yeah, it really is just under three weeks away, so that's freaking me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Although part of me is like, all right, like let's just kind of let's just do it, you know. Are you kind of um, anxious to get it over with in some ways? Kind of. Yeah, just because it... But it, then I'm also, like, terrified. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. part of me is like, okay, like, it's, you know, been building, like, let's just let's just do it. But then the other part of me is like, oh, my God, I can't do it. Yeah. So... And I'm sure we've said it before, but just to remind people or new people, this will be your first 50-miler. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. American River 50. Anybody's wondering what the AR stands for? Yes. And by the way, if you just Google AR50... You come up with guns. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But now, my browsers go straight to that, so... <laughs> Google has learned. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, just so just been training for that, doing some trail runs, um, with the exception of maybe the last week and a half or two weeks, uh, been still dealing with pretty muddy trails out here. Mm-hmm. So it's been a little slow going out on the trails. Everything just kind of takes a little bit longer, you know, trying to hold on to your shoes when you're out there, make sure they're tight, tied tight enough so you don't lose them. Um, but yeah, I've been enjoying, you know, running out on the trails, which is what I like to do. And one of the reasons... Kind of wanted to to do this, so I think one one day though on the weekend when I was going to do a long run, um, I think it was like pouring and it was just like pretty bad weather, so I ended up doing a long run at the gym and just messing with the incline on the treadmill, which isn't ideal, but I still got a pretty good workout in um, versus maybe not doing much if I hadn't gone there. So um, did do a fifty k Salmon Falls fifty k as a training run, which sounds ridiculous that I did fifty k <laughs> as a training run, but um, yeah, I'll be talking about that later, and then. Um, yeah, did did another race actually as a training run this past weekend, um, and then did a, but kind of trying to do back to back long runs basically on the on the weekend. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm still not doing great on the midweek runs. I mean they're getting they're getting done, but just not quite as long mileage as I would like it to be. But uh, I guess at this point it's I can't really do too much about it. So just keep trying to to run and not run too much, you know, like leading into AR50 because most right. of the work's pretty much done. And so. and this week will probably be a tough week coming up just because. We had the time, well, for those that have daylight savings, um, right. had the time change this weekend. So I know I was super tired uh, this morning, kind of the Monday back to work thing was like, oh, I couldn't get out of bed. So, yeah. Um, hopefully that doesn't screw you up, you know, today or tomorrow or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, it was hard to get up today, but I usually don't run on Mondays anyway, so mm-hmm. it didn't affect me too much, but we'll see how tomorrow <laughs> goes. <laughs> no, it could be, could be painful to get up. In Come the on. I like to, to milk to go, the, so. the time change excuse, at least for a week. Oh, you know? okay. Come on now. All right. Well, I'm just saying today wasn't a big deal, but I can't say for tomorrow. So, and then, oh, just the last couple of things, or I wanted to 
just remind people of is a couple of race discounts, which we haven't mentioned in a little while. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're always on our on our page if you want to go take a look there. Um, but the Mermaid Series race discount, I do have a code for 15% off any of the California races. And they have, I think, four four or five still happening this this year. So take a look at that. And then also the a discount for Ragnar Trail, any of the U.S. races except Hawaii. Um, and so we have that um, list, or excuse me, not that list. We don't have that list. We have that discount over on our page too. Um, and the Ragnar Trail season hasn't kicked off yet. So it'll be kicking off in April. So you still haven't missed any. So yeah, just wanted to mention those because I know people are kind of starting to look at their race season for the year if they mm-hmm. haven't already done that. Yeah. So if you have either of these two, either the Mermaid Series or Ragnar Trail planned, make sure you head over to our page before you register. So, All right. So how's it been for you, I guess, last couple of weeks? Um, I think mine far less interesting, but um, the race that I'm kind of preparing for is, I said kind of, I shouldn't be saying that, uh, the Vancouver Marathon, which is in May. So you are preparing. I yeah. am preparing for. Um, I, I think my training's actually been going pretty well. Can't really complain. You know, nothing negative to say. Um, actually, after this this weekend's kind of long run, I, I, which went really well, and I felt pretty good. I was I was actually super consistent in terms of my pace on the entire run, um, which I was happy about. So that worked out very well. But um, I think after that run, I was prepared to come on here and say my training has been going extremely well. And then I kind of looked back. Nice thing about training logs, I looked back to old training runs from like a year ago and two years ago. And I was like, well, I'm doing better right now, but it's not, you know, extremely. It's not like exceptional yeah, compared yeah, to your It's not your as training. impressive, you know, memory fades over yeah. time and things don't go, you don't remember things quite the same, but, um, nothing been... like, nothing like a training log to, to knock you back into place. Huh? <laughs> Keeps you honest. Right. It um, does. It does. I mean, it was the, you know, to be honest, talking about going on the tangent at training log is, it is nice to kind of be able to look back and say, Hey, you know, um, this is what I did, you know, a year ago, six months ago. Or for me specifically, I was looking at long runs leading up to marathons was specifically what I was looking for. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, what was my pace on on that run? And what was my pace on that one? And um, I was actually specifically looking at like 15 milers. I'm like, well, okay, what do I usually do on 15 milers at Curiosity? So, um, but yeah, getting long-winded. Things have been going pretty well. Can't can't complain. No issues. Um, a couple of weeks ago... My, my right chin was kind of bothering me, just kind of typical aches and pains. That kind of got better. Then my, my as I refer to my bum knee, um, was kind of uh, bothering me for a little bit. But it, it's actually felt pretty good on the run. It's just kind of the day after and several days after it bothered me quite a bit. But um, today I'm feeling pretty good after a long run yesterday. So, That's good. Um, hopefully that isn't going to be an issue. Maybe it's not a bum anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a freeloader. Um yeah, so I, I think one of my goals for the year was to I think to run more in terms of days. And I'm I'm not quite there, but I haven't quite fallen off the pace with that yet either. So um definitely some room for improvement. Mm-hmm. Um but my, my schedule's gonna be kinda crazy over the next couple of weeks, so I don't know how much that's gonna get better over the next few. And then um one race that I think I'm adding to the schedule, I think I'll be in Southern California and we'll be running Ragnar SoCal. Um buddy needed a Needed some more people on his team called me up and I said, you know, I'm super easy to talk into. So I was like, yeah, sure, whatever, I'll do it. So um, I think I'll be down in Ragnar SoCal, which is in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So um, I got to confirm that with him. And if that's the case, I got to book a plane ticket to kind of fly down there at the last minute because I can't really take much time off. So uh, yeah, I guess that's it for me. I don't think I have anything else to add. 
Um, let's kind of jump into things. Uh, just mentioned some recent races uh, from from a couple weeks ago, Napa Valley Marathon. Here, a race that people recommend to me all the time. Uh, way too cool. Very popular race out here. Little Rock Marathon, which was a race we had considered quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we never we decided not to do it. Did enjoy looking at people's massive medals yeah that they got like although, bigger than their heads yeah. yeah although i think they had the candy theme which we ended up well at least for me didn't attract me too much to go do it but um and then races this weekend are in rdc ragnar del sol uh which is the road kickoff kind of for the year and san diego half marathon which is a race i think we will probably try to do next year i think so tentatively um maybe do a double medal with mammoth which is another race in california so uh let's jump into the running news let's start with the very sad news that I guess broke today, right? Yeah. Regarding Ed Whitlock. So I'll yep. let you take it from there. So we've we've mentioned, if he sounds familiar, it's because we've mentioned him several times with his um, record-breaking running skills. Mm-hmm. So Ed Whitlock died today at age 86. Um, so yeah, it's uh, a big bummer. You know, we've enjoyed talking about him a lot and, and all the records that he's set and that sort of thing. Um, probably... I think the first thing that kind of set him off in terms of, you know, people knowing about him is um, he was, I think, the first and only person older than 70 to have broken three hours in the marathon. Actually ran a 254.49 when he was 73. So I guess the the running community has been following him for the last 13 years, if not before that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, just bummed out. Yeah. Yeah. I know you were bummed today. Oh, yeah. I, I, was I mean, obviously not that. as bummed as his family, you know, right. but I mean, yeah, but um, yeah. Yeah, still a huge um, bummer. I mean, he's gotten a lot of talk about him and his accomplishments, especially over the year. I mean, he's definitely got a lot of play on this this podcast, so and others as well, kind of mm-hmm. talking about him and even talking to him and stuff. So, um, and he was living in the Toronto area. Didn't want to mention that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So let's let's get the sad stuff out of the way. Right. We wanted to get that out of the way at the top. Let's move on. Um, other news stories, just kind of some quick stuff because we didn't mention it before. Uh, Shalane Flanagan's not going to be at Boston um, this year. It's a huge race for her, but she has injury issues, so she's going to be out for that. Um, For some Hoka fans, if you are somebody that needs wide shoes, um, which is something that Hoka has traditionally not made, um, they are doing a a wide shoe in the Hoka Bondi and the Arai. So two options for you if you're looking for a Hoka in a wide. Just wanted to mention that because I know that was a sticking point for a lot of people early on in, um, in the Hoka world, I guess you could say. So they never, up until now, they never offered that width? No. Like a wide shoe? No. Interesting. I believe this is their first two wide shoes. But, and then, um, and that's like, I'm assuming for men and women? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Did, sorry. Oh, I just God. have Hoka questions because okay. I don't, I don't <laughs> wear Hoka's. <laughs> I know you weren't prepared for this, but I just started thinking about it. Um, Hoka's in general, do they tend to be somewhat narrow shoes or no? It was just, they're not necessarily narrow fit, but just, they just didn't offer a wide I think that was a, a problem of, for people. Well, I mean, Some people. it's a problem not having the wide shoe, but yeah. just in general, I think Hoka's have always been narrow shoes. Okay. A lot of people have criticized a lot of the models in the past for being Got too it. narrow. Um, and I've kind of, I, I know the Clifton 2s I thought were pretty narrow in the front. In the front. Okay. So um, I'm not as much of a, a Hoka expert as I used to be, mainly because they've expanded their line so much that, right. it's, yeah. that it's impossible it's for me to, to keep, keep up. track. But um, I do want to try the Arai though too. So. Okay. Is that a road or trail? That's a road shoe. Okay. Yeah. All right. uh, Other stuff. Uh, Nike, their Breaking 2 program um, made kind of, I guess, some news over the past week. Um, 
we've talked about it before. It's their program to try to get a runner to break two hours for the marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they're doing it under a ton of special kind of conditions, and they actually just had a kind of test run. They kind of did a test half marathon, not necessarily to test out the athletes, but more so the logistics of their attempt to break two hours. And so they're actually doing it out on a formula one course in Italy. And, um, so they had their little test run, which includes, um, they're running in a special formation and they have their specific pacers in front. And I think they're even rotating pacers throughout the race. Um, there's a lead vehicle, I think driven by a professional race car driver that on the back of it has all the timing information. I think it's going to have total time and split times and everything. So the runners kind of stay on top of it. And it's essentially their, their pace vehicle for the race. I think I read in one article that they're getting nutrition via somebody delivering it on moped. Um, so a lot of stuff going on. Nike also unveiled the shoe that they're going to be doing this attempt in, which is just an oddball looking shoe. But what else did you expect from Nike trying to do this very odd thing? So, um, with everything that I read about this this breaking two project, I become less interested and more interested at the exact same time because it's like, oh, all the logistics of this just seem really interesting to me, but it, they also seem ridiculous, right? Because it, it's like so trying far, to control so much. Well, it's just so far from a real race, and like right. if we ever break two in a regular marathon, you know, if they go to Berlin and break two, that's that's an amazing thing. If Nike does it on this super controlled environment, taking in every variable and doing a bunch of special stuff. I don't know. I don't know what my personal reaction is and Mm -hmm. I don't know what, you know, the running community's reaction to it will be. I mean, it'll be one of those things that we know the physical body can do it, but um, I don't know if that'll be repeatable anytime soon in a real race. So that's why I say like, it's like, oh, this is stuff is super interesting to me, but sometimes I'm like, eh, who cares? You know, I want to see what you know these elite athletes do in actual races and not right. on some formula one course doing right. loops behind a, yeah. a race car driver pacing them or something like that so yeah having to get their own drinks off of the table and not having it <laughs> handed to them and yeah you know maybe they should deliver the drinks by by drone that'd be kind of cool just drop out just of drop there it. And yeah maybe the the drone just holds the bottle for them and they just drink they just you drink know? yeah that, that's somebody, i gotta pass that they just along open to your nike. mouth and just like pour the gel in yeah yeah i gotta pass this along to nike there right? you go it's not a bad idea all right um Let's move on to talking about some recent races that have got attention for things kind of getting really <laughs> screwed up in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. So a lot of a lot of issues with races. Yeah. And I don't know if like there's just more of that happening lately or we're just becoming more aware of it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Seems to you come in know. clusters, although. It does. Yeah. yeah. So we'll start off with uh, a couple of, of marathons having short courses. So that's always a bummer. And these were both Boston qualifying courses Mm -hmm. so um first one was woodlands marathon in texas and the second was a treasure coast marathon in florida so woodlands marathon in texas happened pretty early on in the course it ended up being about 0.8 miles short that's a pretty significant distance even over a marathon Mm -hmm. but that's 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 a chunk yeah that's a chunk so what ended up happening is there was a um a motorcycle cop that was at the very start of the the pack and then uh, I guess basically to escort lead runners, mm. but there was a, a lead. I don't know if it was a motorcyclist or a cyclist behind the cop, and that was the volunteer that was, um, I guess, officially leading the the race pack out. Um, and the the motorcycle cop mistakenly went the wrong route. Um, and when the volunteer questioned that, uh, basically said, "Nope, this is the correct way." And so, okay, motorcycle cops telling you, "No, this is right. the correct way." All right, you head that way. But then, you know, it didn't take long for people to realize that. Something had gone wrong with the course. 
um, that they had, you know, accidentally cut the course somehow when I think they started getting to like mile two marker, but without seeing like mile one, or I think they were like mile two, like at 12 minutes and they knew that that was incorrect for Mm -hmm. their pace and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think at the time when this first, when this story first broke, um, you know, people were pretty bummed that if they had a qualifying, a Boston qualifying time, or even if they thought that, that with adjusted time, you know, like running an extra 0.8 miles, that they still would have a qualifying Boston time, obviously not being, that's not going to be counted or Mm -hmm. probably at the time thinking that it wasn't going to be counted for, for, for Boston, I guess that'd be for next year. Um, and the, the course or not the course, the race, the Woodlands Marathon did, you know, send out or post something saying that they were going to reach out or we're already reaching out to BA to see what could be done. Um, I don't know. I think it was over the weekend or today they did receive official notice that there aren't going to be accepting any adjusted times for that. So yeah, Yeah. that's it's, I mean, I I guess, what should I say? Um, To the average runner doing a marathon, you know, uh, the course being incorrect. I, I don't think it really matters. I mean, I wouldn't really care if I ran a marathon and it ended up being, 25 and a half you know I might, I might even thank the race director at the end be like hey thanks you know i i would but, if it was my first well that's true because it's like oh i didn't run a marathon you mean i got to do this again <laughs> okay so, so maybe if it's your first or this one situation where if you're trying to get a boston qualifier mm-hmm. and you trained your butt off for this race i mean that really does screw you up right so for let's say 90 super generous for 90 percent of people i don't think it's a big deal i mean i don't know maybe there's maybe you listening maybe to you it'd be something that ticks you off to, to me i really wouldn't care i don't think you have to go throw your medal away because you know you got short at half right, a mile, right, or, a mile right. or anything like that so i don't think it's a big deal but for the boston stuff massive deal if you put a massive effort into it and you know you had this whole training thing and then you go out there and you can't can't get your boston qualifier which you know that's always going to be a small number of people every yeah race. well i guess for for the woodlands marathon um you know just trying to like extrapolate the time it would have affected about 150 runners which okay. is a good chunk of people. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the one thing I'm starting to learn, and this is still kind of anecdotal, is every time this happens at a race, they always say, yeah, we're going to work with, with Boston, with the BAA, right, exactly. to kind of get, yeah. um, to see what we can do or to get times adjusted. And I think, like I said, anecdotally, because we don't really follow up with all this stuff weeks right. later, um, there never <laughs> seems to be many adjustments or anything that ends up getting done other than the times don't count for Boston. So, um yeah. So you're basically saying if you end up running a short course, just assume that's it. And, and that's pretty yeah. much Boston's policy is they're right. not going to do anything if it's if the course is short. So, right. um, But it always seems like the very first thing out of a race director's mouth is like, well, we're going to contact the BAA and we're going to try to, you know, see what we can do. Mm-hmm. But it just, I mean, which I'm sure they try, but it doesn't seem like there's much you can't do if it's the course is right. short. So, yeah. All right. It's unfortunate, but yeah. uh, I mean, I mean. Yeah, and I think runners were being offered like a discount for next year's race or something like that. I don't know. I don't know all the details of it, but yeah. And as much as I wouldn't care, like I said, you know, I really it wouldn't bother me if I was one of those people that like I accomplished my Boston qualifying time. Mm-hmm. I'd be pissed. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I mean, stuff happens, yeah. and I accept it. But right. I mean, my first reaction would be I would just be just mortified. <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. if you beat your time by, let's say, you know, you get your Boston qualifier by like two minutes and twenty seconds. You know. If, if, you, if you get it by 10 seconds, you're probably not going to get it anyway, so right. you're not really missing out. But um, 
if you get it by 220 or better or something like that and where you got a really really good shot of getting into boston then yeah i'd be pretty upset so um and then unfortunately that's not the only worries yeah so the other one that i mentioned was a treasure coast marathon in uh, florida so that had um a slightly different thing that happened still a short course um because that's what that's what we're talking about here but um I think it ended up cutting about 0.7 miles off of the course, which is almost the same as the last one. Um, what happened here, I think there was a um, there was a lead cyclist that took out the first pack of runners, which I think was about five runners, um, through the correct course. And once the lead pack had gone through, um, the traffic control police officer that was in that general area directed runners the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And so runners went that way and ended up cutting 0.7 miles off the course. I do know that um, eventually, I don't know how much uh, how much later. I don't think it was that much. I don't think that much time passed that the the people who knew the course really well, when the um, police officer that was doing traffic control told them to go a certain way, they realized that that was not the correct course, so they continued on the correct course. Mm. So it didn't affect the entire field, like it seemed like it was affected in Woodlands, um, but I think it did affect about seventeen runners there. For with Boston potential, I'll say potential right. Boston quant, Boston qualifying times. So again, um, you know the the race directors, or race director, race organization, you know, is going to reach out to BAA, you know, mm-hmm. to see what could be done in terms of time adjustment. And again, um, I don't know if it was over the weekend or today, but recently, same thing. Basically, not going to be adjusting times for people who didn't run twenty six point two on the course. So, and- yeah. You know, the, the thing that I'll add to is, and I don't know if it's in the feedback later because we're talking about another race that a listener emailed us about. Um, I, I don't, as you as a runner, I don't think you, I don't think you're obligated to memorize the course to be able to make every single correct turn out there to the point where if, if somebody directs you the wrong way, you're able to say, no, I'm going straight because I right. know the course so well in the back of my head because I don't know how anybody can know a course that well unless... I mean, I just unless don't know. you really I've are familiar with that area. I mean, I don't know. Even some of the races we've run where we're really familiar with the area, I don't have every street turn memorized. Now, if it was a straight shot, like you start at this street and you just run straight till you get to right. that street, fine. But then that wouldn't be an issue in terms of. But yeah, I don't think. I mean, I think we should be familiar with the course, but I don't think we need to have it memorized. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, I but mean, even fam- even if you're familiar with it, it's not going to be able to help you in a way because. No, no, no. I'm not yeah. saying be familiar with it for this reason. No, I'm just I, saying oh, as true. runners, just be familiar with the course. But I mean, that's not. Yeah, that's not going to help you if you get directed down the wrong street or two blocks short or whatever it is. So, and if if I'm running a marathon and a traffic control police officer is there directing us a certain way, exactly. I'm, not, I'm honestly not going to think twice about okay, this is the way I go. At least not at the time you make the turn. You might right. notice it a quarter mile later. Yeah, like, wait, You'd be like, wait a minute, what happened? No, and actually, what I would think next, which I know is what some runners thought i don't know which race was oh their mile markers must be off initially yeah because that happens all the time right and then you realize no you're off so well because i mean i was thinking okay i've done california international marathon twice i've been a spectator out there at least twice i'm i don't live in sacramento but i'm pretty familiar with sacramento and the, the you know where the course goes and Folsom and all that stuff and if i was running and somebody pointing me you know in some random direction I don't think I would have enough wherewithal to be able to say like, no, I know that's not right. I'm, yeah. I'm I confidently know I'm supposed to go yeah. this way. I would just yeah. be like, oh, this seems wrong, but I wouldn't be right. able to say, but I'm, you know, I'm still going straight. I don't care what you say. Right. So, good. So. Yeah. Okay. Tangents. 
Um, oh, the other one I was going to, another Florida race I, I was going to mention. This was from a couple weeks ago, but I wanted to um, talk. Well, we'll actually talk a little bit about the race and the feedback. But um, out at A1A, um, a very interesting case of cheating, <laughs> which um, I guess I'll, I'll explain why it cracked me up to such a massive degree. But um, this came cur- courtesy of MarathonInvestigation.com, who basically does, I think we mentioned the website before, um, and the gentleman behind it does basically he's out there to catch people who are cheating their way into Boston mm-hmm. um, one way or the other. Um, but out at A1A, I think it was the lady that finished, was it third overall? I don't remember the exact detail, but um, basically she finished the course. She finished the race. She got her award for, I think, I think it was third place. Um, and if you second. Look, second place. Yeah. Just because oh, okay. I have it in front of me now. Thank so you. yeah. Um, and then if you look at her, thanks to Strava, she was a Strava runner. Um, she had her uploaded information to Strava, but there was no connected, um, GPS data and it was kind of manually entered, which looks a little bit strange, I guess, you know, um, maybe I would think so. Strange, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't use Strava really, but no. I think, I think I'm familiar enough where it would seem kind of weird that you would have run this race and not had anyways. Yeah. So later on in the day, I guess apparently she uploaded new information to Strava, which was connected to GPS. So the GPS data was there and the time seemed accurate. The distance seemed accurate. Um, but if you paid close attention, the cadence information seemed kind of off. Um, and apparently I, I can't, I'm certainly no expert to make any judgments on how this data comes through. Um, the cadence kind of looked like somebody who would have been biking versus running. Um, and then the part that absolutely cracked me up and made me hysterically laugh was, um, marathon investigation went to the official race photos, had her post race photo, um, actually bought the official photo to get a high resolution copy of the picture and then the reason for that was because in the photo she's actually wearing her garmin which is turned towards the camera and if you zoom in and blow up on the camera blow up the image um her garmin says she actually ran 11.65 and so that's more than i mean granted gps's could go super wonky could be a huge problem but um on top of everything else it looked definitely like some pretty damning evidence um and if you look at the course at a1a um, it's almost surely, even if you don't bother with the splits, it's, it's a course that's, there's a turnaround, there's an out and back section. So you can easily just turn around early and cut, cut some of the course, which looks like what happened. So I just found it hugely hysterical just cause it was the finisher photo that kind of really put the nail in the coffin, I guess you could say. Um, and then later on, I think on her personal Instagram page, she actually apologized and said she did a horrible thing and she did a horrible thing. And then didn't correct anybody and then she tried to cover it up by going out and biking the course and um and then she ended up i think deleting that post from social media so just a crazy story but i i just like the fact that the garmin in the finished photo kind of sold her <laughs> yeah. to a certain degree yep. so all right that's all i was going to say about that i just wanted to mention we'll talk about a1a later so uh let's talk about a nicer story from virginia i guess to find some good news huh? yes good stuff yeah so there's it's not a... all negative i know we're getting a little <laughs> negative right there but it's sometimes the negative stuff is the most interesting to kind of yeah banter about well, hopefully we're heading into to positive stuff now <laughs> po- the positive portion of the podcast but um yeah the, this was a, a good story about um a runner who uh this is in virginia i believe mm-hmm. yeah in virginia shenandoah shenandoah county um, she, back in 2016, I believe in the summer, uh, she headed out for a run and when she was out on a run, she basically realized she like ran out of water. Um, 
she was passing by a particular home and the gentleman there uh, basically asked her if she, you know, if she was doing okay and do you want some water? Um, and, you know, gave it to her. She's like, oh, you know, it's really nice. Um, but since then, basically every day, oh no, I think even in that exchange, he said, um, I could leave like a water out here for you mm. like every day, you know, and, you know, of course like, oh no, you know, like that's, you know, don't do that. You know, that sort of thing. Right. That exchange occurred, but it came down to it that he ended up leaving a bottle of water outside at that spot every day for her. And most days she would drink it. Mm-hmm. Some days she wouldn't be out there. Um, and then I think on a particular day of the week, I don't remember if it was Saturday or Sunday, he realized that she would be out there with her significant other. Mm-hmm. So he'd leave two bottles out yeah. on those days. Of course. Yeah. And yeah. then on the days that the bo- the bottle was still there, like when he got back home or whatever, then he'd just take that bottle and reuse it the next day, that yeah. sort of thing. Put it back in the fridge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So every day leaving a, a bottle of water out there for her to be able to use at like, I think it was like mile like six of her, mm-hmm. I don't know, or six or eight of her. I don't know how long of her yeah, run she's six. doing. I don't so. know how many she does. Though. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and then I think she ended up kind of returning the favor by sometimes she would leave stuff there for him, mm-hmm. like bake certain things or just different little treats and stuff. So I don't know. Just thought that was really, kind of just one of those cute. Yeah. Feel good. Relationship. Yeah. Like, feel good stories. Yeah. yeah like, people oh, just do cool. a nice stuff for each other just because. Kind of just take care of a random stranger. Right. Yeah. Don't want somebody passing out. And, yeah. I mean, it yeah. kind of reminds me of people, you know, who a race will go on and people will just go out there with their popsicles and right. their water bottles and just kind of help people you don't yeah. know. You know, or like on those hot races day. we've done where people are out there like with their hoses trying to yeah. cool you off because they mm-hmm. know like it's hot. They don't want you passing out. Yep, yep. So good story. <laughs> Threw one in there. Yeah, just one. All right, let's move on. Um, let's let's talk about a running film that we actually, we just watched it, what, Saturday, I think? Yeah. Um, so the film is called Life in a Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's by Billy Yang. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about um, four elite female runners at the 2016 Western States. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of follows their race and then kind of goes into a little bit, a little bit on uh, uh, each of their backgrounds. Yeah. Um, the four women was, were Devin Yanko, Magdalena Boulay, Casey Lichtig, Anna Mae Flynn. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Help me out here. What else should we want to say with well, the film? It's tough because you don't want to say too much because mm-hmm. you don't want to ruin anything okay but yeah four different four very different journeys even just leading up to the race and then four different very different journeys throughout the race mm-hmm. so it's about it's about an hour long mm-hmm. um so it's it's a good length of time but not you know like overall too time consuming you know if you just want right. to watch something so and I, I think it gives a pretty good idea of uh like what western states kind of like too um, i mean there isn't a whole much a whole bunch like on the course but in terms uh-huh. of like people coming through the age stations and that sort of thing yeah a little bit yeah um i mean i was gonna say it's it's definitely not my favorite running film of all time but it's a good film and probably the I number one best part about it is it's free so you can just oh, it's yeah, on youtube yeah, yeah. right yep so you can just go online and go to youtube and just watch the film right. so um that's kind of the, the nicest thing. You don't have to buy a DVD or, you know, go pay on rent it on Vimeo or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's just on YouTube. And Billy Yang does lots of stuff from shorter stuff to longer stuff. Um, and it's actually, it's shot pretty well. He kind of threw me off with some of the, it's a lot of fade to blacks during the film, which is a little bit weird. But, um, I mean, the one thing I would <laughs> take away from the film is um, with Devin Yonko, who's, I mean, I really didn't know much about her before the film, but um, after watching it, she's a pretty emotional person. Um, and she's not had an easy life. She's definitely had right, some, right. some some very difficult times in her life, and that, that's in the movie. But um, she has an issue at an aid station early on 
and it just kind of irritates her. And you can just see that it continues to irritate Like her. it's just like building and building? It's just, yeah. I think it was like one of the one of the first major aid stations and, you know, you still get to the half point of the race and it's like she's still pissed off about it. And so it really, it just, I don't know. It, yeah, it just built in her head. Yeah, and it really, it's almost like it was really dictating her race. Um, more so than in like anything else. Yeah. I mean, from what we saw. But right. it seemed like it was kind of just taking over like her race versus like how much she had trained, you know, like mm. that sort of thing, how she was feeling physically. So for me, it was just a good reminder that, you know, even if one thing goes wrong, um, don't flip out and, you know, don't let that ruin your entire race or your entire day because it's it's not going to do you any good. Um, and I think she, that kind of led her to a little bit of a struggle early on in the race because of that. Cause she kind of just, she kind of locked onto those, that aid station issue yeah. and, um, didn't let go of that one. So. I think I think for me it kind of reminds me or kind of um is another thing that kind of brings to light how important the mental part of like an mm-hmm. endurance or long long distance running is. Well, just, especially when you're talking about like, right. I yeah. mean just as much as like physical. I mean, yeah, of course you have to, you know, physically train for it, put the miles in and all of that. But if like mentally something is off, you know, like something like that, I mean it could totally derail your plans regardless of how fit you are so um and then the other cool thing about the movie is that it just focuses on four women no men so yeah um, it's nice to kind of get the ladies in the spotlight Mm -hmm. and it's just about them it's a little weird because some of the men are in the background through the film and you're like hey what's going on with those walms are you right yeah (laughs) in the film so but but it doesn't address that just focuses on the women so um which is cool in its own right yeah it doesn't happen too often where the the focus is on the women so and and you know western states kind of being the granddaddy of of ultra running and it being here in Northern California just resonates, I think, with us just because it's always in the background here um, come summertime. So Right. It's kind of like our, not that we would ever run it, but it's like our hometown 100 miler, <laughs> even though it's not like right. in our it's backyard. But it can, Yeah, but it, it just feels like it is like that's the, the 100 miler that's like kind of in our backyard. So, All right. Anything else you want to say on the phone? No. Nope. I think that's okay. it. I think yeah. it's definitely worth watching. Yeah. Because it'll cost you a whopping zero dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm assuming it's going to stay free like that. So, um, but yeah, check it out. It's worth it's worth an hour. All right, let's move on. We did want to give a little bit of a mini race recap from your Salmon Falls 50K because that's a pretty good distance in and of itself. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, take it away. Tell us about Salmon Falls. All right. So, um, Salmon Falls is a 50K that <laughs> happens over in like the Folsom area, mm-hmm. which is close to Sacramento um, for people that aren't too familiar with with Northern California. Um, and it's that's the only distance for the race. Which we do see sometimes with 50Ks out here. Like okay. Way to Cool's 50K only. Oh, that's true. Way to I cool. mean, not, not, you don't see it tons, but mm-hmm. you, you do see a little bit. So, yeah. So, everybody, everybody out there is running the same distances and, and is, is in for the long haul versus having like you're running the 50K and you have like fast like half marathoners, you know, zipping by and that sort of uh-huh. thing. So, yeah. Everybody's there for the long haul. Um, and I, hadn't, I don't think I'd really heard about it until maybe like a couple months before when I was kind of looking for different trail races to use to gear up for AR50 and it seemed like an, an interesting one one I hadn't done before obviously and as far as my training plan worked out pretty well in terms of where I would do the 50k I think it might have been like maybe two weeks or a week early in terms of the perfect time for my training plan but that's okay um so yeah so decided to sign up for it um for that reason so um let's see my day started kind of early I'm not going to, I'm not going to go like hour by hour or anything, but <laughs> my day started kind of early. So at 2am I, yeah. I woke up in the middle. No. And then I went back to sleep for another half hour. And then, so yeah, day started kind of early, which, um, I'm, I'm noticing 
these last couple of times that I've, I've done races and I've had to get up several hours before the race start is I need to do a little better, little bit better job of planning my nutrition. And oh, okay. I think like not eating what you normally eat just two hours before you go do a race. It's like, okay, I'm up like four, five hours before the race actually starts. So I've got to be a little bit better about planning that and maybe eating a little bit more. Um, but I'm always scared of like eating too much, you know, know like close that's... to the race. It's like, where do you like, you got to find that balance. So, but anyway, so pretty early start headed out to, um, the finish area because I was going to be parking my car at the finish area and then taking a shuttle over to the start. It's a point to point course, um, which I do like point to point courses. The only downside is, and I think we we're talking about it this weekend is that then you have to leave more time to be able to shuttle mm-hmm. from one to the other, whether you're parking at the start or the finish. I mean, you have to shuttle at some point. So, um, was doing, you know, Google Maps and it tried to make me turn onto like a trail. So, of course, like I'm panicking, you know, like as I'm, I knew it was super close. I'm like, oh my gosh, like where is it? Where is it? And then anyways, eventually saw a sign for it. So, um, yeah, Google yeah. will get you to your road races probably no problem. Once in a while, these trail races are in some oddball locations, yeah. down some oddball roads. Right. And Google will. Because I'm uh, looking for the street. I'm like, I can't, I can't <laughs> turn right here. So, you know, I had to like turn back around. But the interesting thing is I was actually really close to uh, the CIM start. At that oh, point. Okay. So, yeah, kind of actually drove by the area where we just kind of huddle before the start and try to, like, keep warm and dry and that sort of thing, depending on the weather that year. So, um, let's see. I mentioned the point to put course. I'm just going to go down my notes here. So, shuttle to the the finish area. Basically, you know, school buses, the usual no, thing no, that we see. No, no, no fans. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not for this one. <laughs> actually uh, ended up sitting next. Actually, I was sitting and then a gentleman sat next to me who was a pretty chatty guy. And, you know, he even told me like, hope you don't mind. Like, I'm, you know, I talk a lot. <laughs> and then at the moment I was, you know, kind of like, you know, freaking out like I normally do before race, especially a 50K. Like, oh my God, you know, like what if this happens or that happens? I really hope I don't fall. Cause you know, now I have like a phobia about that. And um, he just kept talking and talking. I mean, it was, it wasn't annoying. It was interesting. But right. at first I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just want to like not pay attention to anybody and just, you know, freak out like by myself for a little bit, but actually ended up being really good that he was really chatty because it ended up like distracting me Mm -hmm. from the race itself. And he was pretty funny. And so, yeah, so that ended up working out pretty well, but, um, the start area was actually pretty small. And I think that was that they actually did not want people to park their cars there, like throughout the race. Like you either had to get dropped off at the start or then park at the finish and shuttle to the start. Cause it's pretty small parking lot. So, um, they had, you know, your check, which is basically just like label your bag and just put it on the floor there in that general area. And we'll, we'll dig into the start pretty low key. Where's gear check? Just throw it yeah. over there. It's good. <laughs> exactly. Just, just put it, it in anywhere. some random car and, and hopefully it'll make it back to the start. I mean the finish. Um, but yeah, um, I, you know, I had picked up my bib right then because they did have early bib pickup like the day before, but I wasn't going to be able to make mm-hmm. it to drive out there. And I don't think I would have anyways, you know, if they had race day. Um, so basically you just get your bib, um, any other race goodies you're going to get after the race because they didn't carry it all over all there to the to the start um started right on time um it was a little cold but not not freezing um i'm trying to think of what i, I think I actually wore capris because it was still a little cold mm-hmm. i ended up working that ended up working out fine the entire race and this is a pretty small race in terms of numbers of people right? uh yeah it was I actually wrote it down because i thought you might ask me aha 252 finishers. Oh, it's actually a little more more, than more I starters, expected. obviously, but oh. <laughs> okay, bummer. <laughs> yeah, but 252 finishers. I mean, it's uh, so it's bigger than you thought, kind of. Yeah, actually, I, I thought you were going to say it was you know 100 people or something like oh, that. Oh, okay, but... that would have been really little over well, like, I mean, over like 50k. You know, usually as you go from road racing to trail races, they tend to be smaller, and then 
the longer the distance is on trail races gets even smaller with the exception of the big ones right right but you in know, general way too cool is actually a pretty right big right right size trail race but um yeah so yeah when you get these oddball ones that if it's a race you're telling me about and i've never heard of it before and it's a 50k my you know i'm saying mm, it's probably not gonna be too many people yeah oh and then um if you're thinking like why salmon falls like why is it called that like, I don't remember all the detail because I'm not a huge, like, salmon fan, just in general. Okay. <laughs> but it was something about there being, like, salmon along the water there in that area. And, yeah, that sort of thing. Uh, that's so, what, like, that would have like, been my assumption. Yeah, assignment. like, way back in the day, but there aren't any there There's, anymore, like, a river so. there somewhere. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. So, you know, something like that. That so. and basically all the cool names were taken, probably. <laughs> well, I mean, I, th- I think it's kind of a cool name, but I'm like, salmon? Like, how come? But anyways, I did look it up at one point and then, you know, just kind of forgot about it. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then just moved on. So, I did look at... The course, speaking of courses, ahead of time, I did not memorize every trail turn. <laughs> Why not? Come on. Because then. there was no way I was going to memorize that. And I figured it better be, you know, marked um, well, which it was, by the way. It was like, it was marked, I think, perfectly for never having been out on the trails. It was one of those situations where every time I kind of thought like, oh, I think I should be seeing a ribbon soon. If not, I'm going to freak out. Oh, there's a ribbon. You know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Or you're like, oh, they really should put a ribbon here to, to, oh, there's a ribbon. You know, I mean, it wasn't like so many of them, right. but it was almost like just the perfect spot where you're like, when you start to question yourself, it's like, there it is. And then of course, like the, the flower or whatever that they use on the trail is like to, okay, don't take that trail. Like, don't mm-hmm. make this turn, you know, go this way. They did a really good job with course marking. Like I didn't have an issue at any point well, what direction I should go in. I mean, it's also, I've never heard anybody ever say, you know, hey, that trail race is awesome, except Boy, there was just too many course markers out there. That's really, true. You know, just made for a bad, you yeah. know, just, you know, no, but the I more have, the better, really. But I do have, to, I mean, I have, I have done some races, not that I thought there was too many, yeah, too but where little. I realized like, wow, there's like quite a few of them, okay. you know, like maybe they didn't need as many. I mean, I, I was never like, oh, you know, take more of them off. You just feel but, sorry for the guy that has to put them up and take them off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, but I did look at the course ahead of time. So I had a general idea. I of course looked at the, the elevation profile ahead of time to see what I was getting into. And it was basically an elevation gain of just under 3000 feet. Which is not a huge amount. Nah, it's not a huge amount over 50K. Um, but I was kind of trying to go more for the distance than the actual climbing because there really isn't tons of climbing in AR50. True. Um, so I wanted to try to mimic it as well as possible. Um, although this elevation profile for this race is, looks kind of like the opposite of it does for AR50. For this, for the Salmon Falls 50K, basically there was like climbing and ups and downs the majority, probably like the first 14 miles. And then after that, on the profile it's basically a lot of rollers so um era 50 is kind of backwards you do more of your climbing at the end so but i pretty much figured like okay it's gonna be basically like a half marathon of you know climbing and descending and climbing and descending and then after that it's just a bunch of rollers on the trail so and that's pretty much what ended up being of course the rollers feel a lot more than that like when you're at mile 28 you right. know versus like two but so yeah so um started on time we headed out um hit like a mud pit like almost right at the beginning couple of people, a couple of guys ahead of me lost their shoes in there. So <laughs> yeah, it was that kind of day. There wasn't like, yeah, I mean, the entire trails were not muddy, but there was definitely quite a few um, mud pits where you just were hoping that your, your, your foot would still be in that shoe when you came mm-hmm. out of it. But you know, that's, that's what it was. Um, we had also been warned about um, a creek crossing a little bit less than a mile into the race. So I basically resigned myself to the fact that, okay, my feet are going to be wet the entire race because if I'm getting them soaked at less than a mile, they're not going to completely dry out, you know, the entire race. So um, I think the email or post on Facebook or something that was done earlier in the week said something like, oh, yeah, the the water level at that creek crossing is down like 
eight inches or something. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait, it's down by eight inches? Like, how the heck? What was it? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So when it came down to it, when it went to, when it came to cross the creek, they did have two sets of ropes to hold on to. It basically was like thigh deep for me. So, yeah. That's exciting. Kind of. But then I'm like, don't fall now and you're just going to ruin your race. And yeah, so I mean, it was, it was cold, but not as cold as the water that we ran in at Red Rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was cold. And then, um, you know, start like climbing and I'm like trying to run up this hill and I'm like, okay, I can do this. And I'm, I'm like passing people. I'm like, why am I passing people? I'm like, duh, everybody's walking, like walk the uphill. Like you idiot, you have 31 miles to go. Why are you running? <laughs> why are you running right now? So yeah, it was kind of one of those, okay, you really have to shift. Like this isn't like a five mile training run or a five mile trail run. It's like you're out here for 31 miles, mm-hmm. walk the uphill. Right. So yeah. So I kind of had to like slap myself, you know, in the head and start walking so yeah it was just uh it was a beautiful day it was really sunny but not hot at any point um the climbs weren't that steep they were kind of long you know in some areas but basically at mile like i said 13 or 14 i think it was like 13 there was a pretty good descent um it was pretty rocky uh, so i think that slowed a lot of people down because just the footing wasn't you know completely sure but I had a good time just kind of flying down it. And, mm-hmm. you know, of course, I'm like, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall, don't fall. You know, like, watch for that rock, watch for that rock. So, and then after that, yeah, it was pretty much um, rolling. We did have a couple of more creek crossing that weren't that weren't quite as deep. So just as you thought, like, your feet were starting to dry out, you did have another creek crossing. No no other ones had the ropes or anything like that. They didn't need them. Um, and there was still, there was, like, several mud pits. I don't know, more than 10 um, running through there. So it was kind of nice when you ended up going through a mud pit and then if there was like a creek crossing afterwards because you basically got to wash off Clean your off. shoes and you're like, okay, that's nice. Um, <laughs> I know, kind of weird, but there was also some some down trees just from the storms that we've been getting. I know we said that we've had kind of a, a break in the last week and a half or two weeks, mm-hmm. um, but still, you know, the rains that we got in a short period of time, you know, did affect our trails quite a bit. So there was quite a few trees I'd say at least a dozen that we had to either go over or under or around. And I know like towards the end, you know, there's like people cursing those <laughs> down trees around me, just so upset they had to like do a little detour. Um, so, you know, and that's not too hard to climb over one, you know, again at mile like five, mm-hmm. but when you're like at 29 and you're like, it's oh my gosh, different. I can barely lift my leg up. So it's a little different. So I definitely slowed things down, but um, what else? I just kind of want to hit a couple more points and I think that's, pretty much it but let's see oh yeah there was one really cool spot i can't remember what mileage it was at what mile it was at but there was a the new york creek bridge and there was people there was pretty i guess easily accessible to the public you know so people that wanted to come out and cheer for people believe me there's like hardly anybody there but you know it's more like family members (laughs) and friends but they were able to make it out of the out there and they were actually lined both sides of the bridge and they were just high-fiving people as we were running through so that was pretty cool um that's probably like the only spectators were out there you're seven back at soccer yeah, it was like that, except they didn't have their, their hands up. But yeah, they were high-fiving you instead. Uh, let's see. Oh, I had been um, warned by a friend who was familiar with the trails, but hadn't done this race, that almost the last mile, but it's probably like, not not quite the last mile, but a mile almost at the end, you're basically just running along this levee, mm-hmm. right? And she said, oh, she's like, just be prepared like that just really sucks. I'm like okay. I mean, I couldn't figure out at the time why, right? I'm thinking because it's like road or, you know, I, I don't know. Right. So I got to the levee and I'm like, okay, that doesn't look so bad. And you can actually see 
like the finish line arch mm-hmm. from like when you step onto the levee. I'm like, okay, I just have to go like right over there, right? Doesn't seem that far. I'm like, yes, yeah, so I have like a mile and a half to go. No big deal. So you start running on the levee and it's like gravel, you know, but nothing too crazy. And I'm like running on the levee, running on the levee. And it feels like I'm not moving at all because everything just looks the same. And I finished not getting any closer. It's not getting any closer. I'm like, I swear I am moving. You know, I'm like looking behind me. I'm like, okay, I have moved. And then you just, I felt like I was out there for like a day just on the levee. And it was like a mile long. I'm like, oh, no wonder she said it sucked. (laughs) I'm like, oh my God. So there was people out there just walking, you know, like families and they're walking their dogs. So I started, even though they're not in the race, I started like focusing on like one family. Okay, I got to like catch up to them because that's the only way it felt like I was making progress because otherwise I'm like, oh, I'm going to be out here like forever. So yeah, I started like catching up to them. Okay, I passed them, you know, and kept moving on. And then the last maybe half a mile, it was kind of back on a little trail and um, finish was actually uphill, which always kind of sucks you know, when you do that, but it was fine. At least it was the very end. So yeah, I did finish. The 50K? Of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I you did not fall. I did not. I was going to say that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I did not fall. So I didn't lose a shoe. Mm-hmm. So that was all good. Um, I got a medal when I came through the finish line. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool looking medal. Yeah, pretty cool looking got medal. Got a spinny thingy. Yep. Did put a, a picture of it up on our page on Instagram. Obviously, you can't see the, you can't appreciate the spinning effect of the salmon in the middle. But the interesting thing is the the front and back of the medal is actually exactly the same. So regardless of how you hold it, it says the same thing, which I don't think I've ever had a medal like that before. It's pretty unusual. Yeah. And the little salmon in the center. Usually if they two-sided medal, it's something different. Yeah. But yeah. And then no race shirt, but you do get a race jacket oh, that okay. is yeah. water resistant. So that's cool. Something different. Yeah. You have enough shirts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although your jacket collection is probably getting It is growing. Too, so. Right. Right. Yeah. For, for various reasons. But yeah, I did get a, um, a race jacket. Um, and then the finish area, well, a couple things before I just talk about the general finish area. So, you know, 31 miles is kind of a, a long time. It didn't seem as far as when I've run 31 miles in the past. So I figured that's progress. And training. And yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so that was good. But, you know, I always have to play like some mental games even for 31 miles to like get through it. And so I don't get depressed and think like, oh my gosh, I've gone one mile and you have like 30 to go. So... One of the things is, and I was, I'll probably talk about it more in a future episode, but I've been reading some running related books to get me prepared for AR50. And one of the ones that I'm reading, the one that I'm reading now is a lot about like the mental preparedness. And one of the uh, things that they talk about in the book is that this particular person um, always had trouble running flat sections because it just feels like you just have to work so hard. You Mm -hmm. know, when you go uphill, you know, you're walking. When you're going downhill, you kind of just bomb downhill, but the flat section is like, oh. So what they use to, when they're running flats is, Flat is good, fast is flat is fast. And I know that sounds kind of silly when you just say it, but I actually used it a lot on the race and actually got me running a little bit faster on some of the flat sections and it got me running on some of the flat sections that I wanted to walk. So that's progress. Yeah. It works so, for you. Yeah. No. So I'm going to keep using that. I'll definitely use it for AR50. The other thing I was doing is we've talked about Oreos <laughs> and how I think you started more so Probably. with, with the I Oreo thing. Oreos on a, during a race. Yeah. So I've kind of been on an Oreo kick during trail races lately and they had oreos at every aid station which i think was only like six aid stations by the way um which is pretty typical for, for a trail, trail 50k yeah. but you know when you compare it to like a road marathon like what you only had six, <laughs> six. that'd yeah. be criminal we'd be criticizing exactly. that. but they're all well stocked they all had oreos so i picked up an oreo at every single aid station 
Um, I didn't eat it necessarily right away. I actually ended up with two extra at the end that I ate on the on the way home. <laughs> but my thing was, I was going to pick up, and it's going to sound really silly, but this is really what I did. I was going to pick up my Oreo medallion at every aid station. And I so I needed to stop at every aid station and get an Oreo at every aid station. And that was like my ticket to punch at the end to like get, you know, to get to the finish line. And I saw that sounds, I know that sounds totally like childish and, you know, just silly, but um, it worked because I was like, okay, I gotta get my Oreo, you know, and the first couple of aid stations, I like, ate it right away because I'm like, oh, you know, Oreo, this is awesome. Um, but the last couple, I'm like, yeah, I don't really want Oreo anymore, you know, like to eat it. So I just put it in my pack, which it did hold up okay mm-hmm. and ended up eating it after the finish. So yeah, those are just a couple of mental things that got me through it. So I don't think I told you about the Oreos. But, Focus um, on the Oreo. Yeah, but it 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 worked. So, um, do you remember anything else that I had mentioned that I should mention now? No. Nope. Okay. So then, just finish area. Just a real quick blurb. They had some post-race food. I think they were barbecuing. Like I think it was burgers. They did have a vegetarian option, which I had, um, and they had sodas and cold water. So that was nice. But they didn't really have much else, which I was. A little bit bummed about because I was really looking forward to like some like orange slices or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. So um, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more, but, you know, not a huge deal. The other thing was it like things weren't really well marked. So it's kind of difficult to figure out like around the finish area. Yeah, around right? the finish area. Sorry. Yeah. The course was totally good. Um, like, where do I go for my bag? Where do I go for food? Where do I go for my jacket? Um, so I asked, I found the jackets first because they were closest to the finish line. And then I asked where to get the gear check. And of course it was, she's like, you see that tree over there? I'm like, oh man. I mean, it wasn't that far, but when you're like done, yeah, it, was like the, it was like the furthest tree in the finish area. She's like, they're over there. I'm like, oh, okay. So I hobbled over there and you know, they're just like kind of strewn about like a picnic table mm-hmm. and just on the floor. So basically, you know, just a self-service, um, you know, gear check. So I found my bag, no problem. But I was, I think just the finish area, like I would have been a little happier if there's a little bit more food options and just it was a little bit easier for me to not like think about where's my stuff just like okay follow that sign okay follow that sign okay that's good and then heading back to my car you know it's walking distance because i parked at the finish area um but technically where i parked is not actually the finish area it's like a couple of lots over and not being familiar with the area i didn't know that initially Mm -hmm. um so i had to ask somebody else asked another volunteer and she looked at me like i was crazy like i had no she had no idea where i had parked but she figured it was like in that general direction and it was an uphill. I'm like, oh, okay. So I start heading over there. And then as I'm like halfway up the hill, I can actually look down to the lot where I was parked. So I came back and saw and found like a little connecting road to head over there. So, I mean, it really un- ended up being like maybe a half a mile to walk, which is not a far walk in general. But it's a lot after 50 kids. Yeah. And so, or I think the other thing that kind of just made it seem worse was that it wasn't easy for me to figure out how do I get back to my mm-hmm. car? Like there was no sign saying like, this is where you parked right. like over here. So that's pretty much it. But so, I mean, as far as like gripes go, not many at all, mm-hmm. but it was just kind of, you're, you're tired at the end. That's kind of when you really want things to be really easy to figure out. So, True. yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that was, that this was really, I mean, you were there because it was a, a train, a chance for a training run. Right. So, yep. Yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, I think it worked out pretty well as a training run. Um, it was slower than my other 50Ks, and I don't know if, really if it's a harder course or what. I'm trying not to overanalyze that and not oh, think that I'm in worse shape than I was before. Mm-hmm. Um, but it worked out really well as a 50K. I was tired afterwards, but I was able to get in the car and drive myself home without a problem. <laughs> so that was good. 
And later that day, I didn't feel as bad as I thought I would. Mm-hmm. And even the next day, I think went in on went on like a six mile recovery run with you, I think, mm-hmm. and not feeling great, but just the fact that I was able to do that the next day um, is is more than what I could have done before. So just a quicker bounce back yeah. kind of thing. Yep, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. Cool. All right, that's pretty much it. All right, race sounds good. I will not put it on my list because I don't want to do a 50K. Yeah, you do. <laughs> no. Yes, you do. You're always do. trying to talk me into a, a 50K. Bro. You just don't know. Yeah. You know why you want to do 50K? Why is that? Because you get more Oreos. <laughs> I can go to the store and buy all the Oreos I want, which I might have to do after this podcast. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's part of your training. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. All right. Okay. Uh, let's wish some people good luck. All right. Let's uh, wish Kimberly good luck at Badger Cove. I might see you there. And then, I mean, I'll be there, but I don't know if I'll see you there. <laughs> <laughs> and then good luck to Marky running the LA Marathon. All right. Let's uh, get to the feedback. Incoming message. So we've gotten kind of a variety of feedback since we last recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, and two main themes were people joking about us not knowing about cold weather running, but we did that whole spiel on cold weather running. Yeah. We did put that disclaimer we, we out. Say, we say that all the time. Right. Yes. Yeah. So... We're not disagreeing with that. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing was people commenting on you getting uh, your GPS running watch. Mm-hmm. So we did get a lot of good comments about that. Um, actually, even heard from uh, Lou, who got a Garmin 230 after years of iPhone RunKeeper um, as well. And he said, basically, same story as what, what you said mm-hmm. when you were talking about it. Um, we also heard from uh, Nier, who liked your choice of buying a watch. He actually stopped wearing a watch a few years ago when he switched to a smartphone. So it's kind of funny, like the opposite. Right. Right. Excuse me. And he said his argument is simple. Just too much real estate for very little information. Why carry a big bulky or sleek device on your arm only to tell the time? Um, which I know you're not using it. Just tell the time. Obviously, right. you have a lot more data on there um, and information. So, um, let's see. I mean, I, w- I will talk more about my Garmin stuff in my Garmin experience in upcoming episodes. But I'm Ooh, still... your Garmin experience. I like that. Garmin, yeah, sounds cool, right? Professional here. Um, I'm still really happy that I got watch um i know because we were running together this past weekend on a 15 miler i mean the only thing is like this past weekend i was looking at my watch a lot but it also kept me on pace like i've never been able to stay on pace before so right. um i don't think it's quite as good to look at my watch as much as i did but it's working you did for look me at it a lot right now yeah, yeah. um i was actually laughing because i was telling you that i was carrying a handheld bottle at the time and so you know normally i try to switch it up but like right hand, I, left hand? Yeah, but yeah. I normally carry my right more anyways. But yeah. I was even doing it more than normal just because it was kind of hard to hold the bottle and look at my watch all the time. Right, because you're turning your bottle. Over. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, one of those random things. But yeah, I'll talk about more in the future. But I am pretty happy with it. And I still do carry my phone. So I haven't, as I mentioned the first time, dr- you know, I haven't shaved any weight off my equipment list or anything like that. But I feel, <laughs> I feel better having my phone for emergencies and pictures and whatever else. So... I'll let you continue. All right. So we heard from Kimberly, who we mentioned is going to be at Badger Cove this weekend. She actually got to meet Zach Bitter at a local group run, which I think we've mentioned him, I think, in yeah. the past. Um, the, they were actually demoing Ultras, uh, which she tried out. And she said she was actually kind of starstruck and credits us for that since she probably wouldn't have known his name otherwise. Also, she found a quarter on her run and picked it up. So add her Money. to our, uh, our paid runners list. Um, she thought it was cool to hear about you getting a Garmin. She uses a simple Forerunner 10, but once it dies, she'll be looking for the next thing. So she appreciates um, the information you've provided with your Garmin. Yeah. So it'll be probably more helpful when you do your Garmin experience. Yeah, I'll, I'll share a yeah. little bit more. I've been trying out some of the, the custom, what do they call them, data screens, I guess? I don't know. Some of it's been sure. new. I'm like, I don't know. Um, the app's been weird yeah. sometimes too, but yeah. 
So, okay. So just a mini tangent okay. on the Garmin thing. So I've been using Garmin GPS watches for several years. Mm-hmm. And I know the one that you have has more capability than any of the ones I have. Mm-hmm. That aside, like you do so much more with your watch than I think <laughs> I've ever done in all the years <laughs> combined that I've had it. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know if mine does that. Like, I just needed to tell me how fast. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, well, I mean, it's just kind of funny. I mean, it's not the- quite that simple of what I do, you know, but, but yeah, in comparison. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll go on a little tangent. Like I said, I'll talk about it in the future, but like, it's been kind of funny in that. So like the 230 and a lot of the other garments now, they do their, the IQ stuff. So you get the custom data screens, which you can download mm-hmm. and you can set up and stuff. So the one of the ones I wanted was like a race predictor one. And so you have to put in your distance. Mm-hmm. And your predicted time before your run. And so I'm always like, you know, sometimes we go to do a long run or something. We're driving there and I'm trying to enter this information on the phone because I actually have to. I mean, this is one of the weird things about the app. I have to enter the distance in meters. Mm-hmm. And then I have to enter my my goal time in seconds. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I Which feel seems like crazy to me. I'd, I'd probably given up on it. It's so. a lot of math for me to do super early in the morning before a long run. Um, granted, I could do it the night before or something like that. But um, but that requires planning. You know, it's like, oh, okay, what? how far am I going? And what pace do I want to do? And okay, now I got to convert this into meters. And I got to convert the time into seconds. And I'm like, oh, this seems a lot of work. But I do enjoy having it. So it's kind of worked out. Yeah. But. I mean, I was going to say, it seems like once you have those numbers plugged in, like it is really useful and beneficial to, yeah. to have that set up. So. Yeah. All right, let's see. Let's move on. A lot of time on the garment. Yeah. Here, so I heard from Steve, who thought we might be interested in the story about um, the public Fort Lauderdale A1A marathon slash half marathon, which I know you mentioned mm-hmm. um, about the half marathon portion with the cheater. Um, Steve actually did the half marathon, but the story that he wanted to mention was that less than a quarter mile from the start, a train came across the course. The first couple thousand runners made it over the tracks before the train came, but everyone else in a field of about 15,000 were held up. It was a very long train. The race organizers turned everyone back, had them go back to the corrals and restart 30 minutes later. I uh, said no doubt it was an unfortunate situation, um, but he was impressed that somebody thought fast, made a hard decision and came up with a decent solution. This was for the marathon, by the way. Um, and then he was also actually letting us know about the, the short course at Treasure Coast Marathon. Yeah, it's an inch. I mean, we've... <laughs> I mean, it's like trains are the enemy of running races, you know, because this kind of happens a lot. Yeah. Um, but I, I can't remember another story of them actually turning. I mean, obviously, it has to happen super early in a race. So. Right. You're not going to turn people around at mile <laughs> oh, 14. Mile, mile 10. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're going to have to restart this. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, somebody was definitely thinking fast. And it, it's actually a pretty good idea as long as the chunk of time is, you know, enough so that you can kind of take a little bit of a rest and kind of get yourself mentally prepared and get going mm-hmm. again. It's actually a pretty good idea to just, well, let's just start this over and rather than all standing here looking at the train also killing all this time it's, it's actually a pretty good safety yeah consideration versus people trying to get across you, we've definitely seen video of yeah. races where a train comes across and it's slow moving and people will literally climb over the train and god yeah, forbid i'm crazy sure somebody's gone to get underneath through. the train yeah. and um that's, not worth your life yeah no 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 race is worth your life so um probably a good safety decision now that i think yeah. about it yeah all right. And then we heard from Marky, who has officially listened to all of our episodes from the very beginning. Uh, and I'll apologize because yeah, I always do. <laughs> right. Can't believe she's still with us here. <laughs> so she wanted to say thank you for some great tips we had about gear and nutrition. She purchased a pair of race-ready shorts and she's in love. <laughs> um, and then I just let her know that I actually still use those for every marathon that I do. Um, so they're the most functional running shorts she's ever owned. I completely agree. Um, they're probably not the most attractive. That's me saying that. But they're definitely functional. Um, she said she'll be wearing them at her upcoming race, the LA marathon. She also tried tailwind. 
said it's been a great supplement in her fueling plan for her second marathon. And it was nice to listen to our podcast about our experience at the LA Marathon, um, which we did last year. As she gets ready to go into it this year. Yeah. Yeah. So good luck with that again. Yeah. Um, I will definitely agree that Race Ready is never going to win a fashion award. Right. <laughs> definitely function over style. Mm-hmm. But, um, but very functional. But very, very functional. I'm actually pulling up their website just to see because I haven't, we haven't talked about race readies or yeah, mentioned them. In a or while. I haven't thought about them in mm-hmm. a long time, despite kind of going through my short store this weekend. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was, we, when we mentioned it before, uh, one of the things was that they had stopped making. Like, yeah, they kind of disappeared. Had, yeah. Longer. And then I was like, oh my God, those are my marathon shorts. <laughs> and then so when do? they came back, I think I ordered like an extra pair of shorts, an extra pair of capris, which I think still had the tag on them. But I was like, just in case. Your backups. Like they don't, yeah. Like they don't, they stopped making them. Then I, I still have like an extra pair. So yeah. Anyways. But yeah, their their website looks alive and, and well, I guess. So yeah. All right. I guess that's going to do it. Anything else before we get out of here? Nope. That's it. Um. Yeah, I was going to say next week, but I don't know what's coming up in the future. So, I mean, you'll still be I'll counting have another down. another race recap. <laughs> yeah, another race recap. You'll still be counting down to Air 50, and mm-hmm. um, I'll see what's going on if I'm doing Ragnar SoCal or what's going on with that. Yeah. So, that'll be yep. upcoming, too. So, um, until next time. The website for the podcast is EmbraceRunning.com. You could find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash EmbraceRunning. Send us any comments, questions, or feedback at feedback at EmbraceRunning.com, or leave us a voicemail at 925 925- Four zero zero seven two two three. If you enjoy the show, give us a review on iTunes. So until next time, embrace running. <laughs>